This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. You hear it there to Moneyline on a Sunday morning. We're trying to put some money in your pocket, and I promise you I have the game for you later on during this show. But we're still talking a little bit of Astros, and we're talking about what's in between the ears of one Jose Altuve right now. And was it the best move to move him back? I know Dusty came out and said, as a one, two, three hitter in baseball, and he says, I made thousands of lineups. As a one, two, three hitter in baseball, it's, it's a pride. You know, you, you carry pride to have those spots. You know, one, two, three, even the cleanup. He said, when a player at that caliber comes to you and tells you that, and he admits that others can do better, that, that that's, he looks at that as a positive. And when the entire locker room buys into that, he thinks it's a, it's a step forward in the right direction. And I think it is, too. And I think Altuve will be back to normal. I just think he's out to prove you know, all this cheating stuff that he didn't really use it. And he's a great baseball player without trash cans. And and we saw from that, that percentage, that chart they put out on the Astros, Altuve hardly used it. So he was one of those guys that he's probably pressing even harder because he knows he he did all that without using the cheating. And, but people don't believe him. So he's out to to show everybody and, and he's pressing a little bit. And let's face it, Altuve's always been one of those guys where, you know, first pitch fastball, he might just, you know, take a big cut at it. He doesn't take a lot of pitches. If he thinks he can hit something, he'll swing at it. You know, he's, he's getting a lot of bad pitches that he's chasing. So once he gets that under control, I think he'll be fine. And I, I think that's a mature thing to be like, look, I'm just not seeing the ball that well right now. We can't afford to lose any more games. You know, bump me down a little bit in the lineup. We got Jordan back. I mean, do you, I mean, you should feel good. You got Jordan hitting cleanup. You know, what's wrong with that? And then Yuli behind him is hitting really well. So let the guys that are hitting well do their thing and Altuve will bounce back and, and worry about the lineup later. The only thing I don't like is, I guess, the word when pressure comes yeah. in and. I guess quote here from Dusty he's putting a lot of pressure on himself right now and for him to go out there and ask to bump him down the order that shows a lot about what he can swallow his pride and try to get some good quality at bats yeah I like it but again the pressure I just I I look for players like that to be able to beat the pressure and and baseball is such a mental game it is man and once we talked about last segment once you get used to being able to hit bad pitches and you're still you don't want to go out of context and say man I'm I'm not swinging at that because I'm just not hitting the ball right now you're thinking that's what I'm used to hitting. That's what that's what makes me an elite hitter. That's what people talk about that I mean, I can hit a golf ball, I can hit it high. You can't really pitch around me, I can hit. And then now you're in this spot. No, you're right. And I was just gonna say, we're seeing this across baseball. Like guys like Cody Bellinger and you know, some great, great hitters a lot. are struggling hitting around two hundred because it's such a small sample size. So we shouldn't make it all about Altuve. There's a lot of all-star, great baseball players right now that are struggling to. They're just hitting right around 200. It's not. It's not just him. It's you know what it is though. It's also uh, out, baseball outside of America fans wanting him to struggle. Of course. So that narrative makes sense. That the T-shirt sells more. It's hard if you if you if you don't know what's coming, you can't hit it. Mm-hmm. You know how many different T-shirts are you people trying to make now? And that's with the narrative that people are trying to get. The, we heard during that time of, of the cheating, and I will say cheating, not that they didn't. Yes, they cheated. Yes. During that time, though, you heard reports that Altuve was one of the ones that said, you know what, this isn't helping me one bit. Now, I'm a true believer that just because he, he said that and whatnot doesn't make him a cheater. I'm Okay, yes, he's a cheater, yes. But we know that the type of player he is, man, I can, I will believe that. I will believe that he was one of the ones that said, 
man, I'm done with this. I just, it, it's not helping me. It's bringing me down. It's making me think about thinking. And when you're a great hitter, you don't, you go with what you know. You know what I mean? And if you're having to think too much at that plate and then now the pressure, that's what's adding up to the results we're seeing right now. It definitely is. And it's just, it's such a small sample size. You talked about it. We're a third of the way through the season. I mean, that's crazy. It doesn't seem like no. it. No. But then again, we said we got 10 wins, five of those against the Mariners. They've won, I believe, out of like 24, 28 games. They've only lost four out of those against the Mariners. So do we have a false sense of identity of who we really are right now with those five wins? Because if we're playing other teams, it's it's going to get rough. A lot of those games yesterday, for example, we're winning games two to one. You know, A lot of times you're not going to be able to do that. It's going to take a good pitching performance like we got now. On paper, if you read it, it's going to tell you that he had a great outing. But then if you look, out of 88 pitches, it was 44 balls. So the command wasn't there. A couple double plays helped out. You can't have that against good teams. No, but, man, what else can you ask from Javier, though? You know what I mean? I mean, he's just coming in, you know, breaking in, being a big leaguer. He's having to replace Verlander. He's done a pretty damn good job. Yeah, you yeah. know, for for you know, and we know he had a high pedigree. I think he was what the double A minor league pitcher of the year or something like that last year. So it's in him. Like people know this guy's talented, and we're seeing it in the big league. So hopefully he can keep it going. But to your point earlier, we were used to seeing Garrett Cole and Verlander go like eight innings, like you know, all those spoiled, games last man. year. Yeah, we're spoiled. This is this is different. We're just this is the new normal, unfortunately. You remember those times? It sounds like Another lifetime ago when you would think, man, Verlander might go to the eighth or or Cole, leave him in in the ninth. And you see Cole come back out there. Now, all of a sudden, you're praying for six. Yeah. And, and you're getting six out of Javier. Hit, one hit, scoreless innings. But everything has to work in, connected. You know what I mean? It has to be a little bit of everything because sometimes we see our bats aren't hitting in or our bullpen is letting us up. It has to be a little bit of everything to be World Series contenders. It does, and I think I think they're going to make the playoffs. What really hurt, though, especially as a fan, is you know them losing to the Dodgers and losing to the A's. You know that's where it's like you know those are good teams, and you weren't able you know to play very well against them, and especially against the A's that hurts you because it's in your division. So you know if they can start beating some good teams, I'll feel a lot better. I think Jordan coming back is huge, man. So I, I think he just gives them a spark. He's a great hitter, and you've already seen the impact he's had on the lineup. I think they're going to get on a roll here. I really do. Now let's talk about baseball in general, and can they get on a roll as far as games being played? Because now the doubleheaders, seven-inning seven doubleheaders. I mean, just think about what we're talk, what we're, where we're at right now, a third of the season in, and we're talking about X amount of games have been missed by certain teams, and now if we threw around the winning percentage to be the playoff standard, and now we're saying, you know what? What the hell? Just run a doubleheader, seven innings. This is insane. This is bad planning, and MLB has has got to have a light on them showing you this is the way not to do things. Yeah, especially when you had the NBA in the bubble showing you exactly how to do things. It's going great for them. In baseball, it's been a disaster. It makes me wonder, too, you know, NFL's not really doing a bubble either. So, you know, I worry about them, but I think there's so much money on the line. I think the NFL's just going to push through. And I think the same thing with baseball. They will go down to winning percentage because they they just want to get to the playoffs. They want all that TV money. 
you know, the players want the money too. It's not just the owners. So I, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to play. It, it's good. It might be ugly. You know, like you said, we're going to have all these double headers deciding playoff matchups and it's strange, but it, it's their fault. You know, they knew this was coming, and they didn't do anything about it. And I think at least with the NFL, you saw how low the testing was, right? One was like 1% or something like that. So it may work for them. But, of course, you saw the Seahawks player, right, that was trying to sneak in some girl into the hotel. Dressed her, in, dressed in Seahawks clothes. <laughs> that, that, I mean, what's I – mean, and you see he's gone. Yeah. That's, that's And we've asked on this show what was going to be the repercussions of getting caught that's a guy that really didn't have a name for himself yet. What happens to it when it's a guy that does have a name for himself? But great news, Saliva Direct receive approval from the USFDA that they can go forward with plans. That's basically, if you don't know what that is, and we'll get into a little bit of this, man, basically the turnaround on these tests, and they're not expensive. The expensive test made it harder to do them often. Once you figure out a way that you can test cheap or cheaper, let's say, and you could and you can get results quickly, then you start minimizing the risk of, uh, I guess, spreading the virus, and that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's great news for the NFL. I'm feeling better and better about the NFL as we go along. I don't feel so great about college football, but you know these owners in the NFL, there's a lot of money on the line, so they're going to pay for the testing to to make sure this stuff works, and it's all about the players. Being accountable to each other and, you know, not going out and doing stupid things and putting yourself at risk. So I think this is great news, you know, especially, you know, for fantasy football and us betting on the NFL. I have confidence it's going to get started. You know, we'll see if they can finish it. This new test, man, the materials to to, to make it, $4. Beautiful. $4, okay? Another important thing is that, okay, so official data shows that 88 to 94% of tests are accurate. So then they say if you can... If you can run them back to back, then that obviously gives you, I guess, a more accurate, I guess, depiction of where you're at. Sure. That makes sense. So using that, you're as to what they say in general was around $100 a test to get them that quick and turnaround. And even 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 higher, everyone wants to make money off this COVID business right now, whatever it is. And and I'm not knocking you, whether it be mask or whatever it is, you're, you're out there getting it. The people that are directly involved with this, which is the Yale, uh, Yale EMD, and and a few other guys that are that that were involved in the NBA testing, they're not making any money off of this. Hmm. It's already out there, zero. There's no money in this for them. So at this point, it became like okay. So there is no. They're big fantasy football guys, probably. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. So they, they, it's a, uh, it's a few people that that came up. Is Robert, uh, Robbie Sika, and like, and Yale got involved with them with the testing, and and they came up with the the cheap materials to make it. But again, it's it's quick turnaround. It's cheap, and it's gonna make our way its way to the NFL real quick. That's gonna be their best option. Man, I'm excited. It gives me some hope that, that they can do this thing, and especially with how low the tests have been. All the guys at camp are pretty much staying at the hotels, you know, going to practice, going back to the hotel. So if you can kind of keep their their patterns, you know, kind of similar throughout the season to where you're really just, you know, dealing with practice and, and playing the games and everybody's staying together, you know, maybe you can get your arms around this thing. That's what it's going to take. So – I've asked on this where would the where would uh, the the timing be for made up games in NFL, and the gap that I mean I didn't even think about it. it's real simple though the gap that we have between I guess the Super Bowl and that last 
you know, the, the conference games or, you know, the title games. Is that enough time? I mean, what happens then if you do? Do you push the Super Bowl Eve back again? You're going to have to. So that schedule is not concrete, meaning that next year's schedule is that less of time to prepare, obviously, right? Yeah. I heard Lance talking about this on the morning show, and he made a good point. With football, you only play every week. You know what I mean? So that gives you a lot more time to test people and see if they come back negative or positive, unlike baseball to where you're playing every day. So you have a lot more time to test people several times and make sure everything is right. And I think he said that, too, that these games might get tacked on at the end of the season. I think that's where I heard it, to be honest with you. I was listening to him, and it it makes sense. But then we saw that, for example, the Cardinals or or a team, what happens if you get far too behind? You know what I mean? What if there is an an outbreak from within the team? What happens there? It's just, I don't like it. And then, like you said, what if it happens to the quarterback room or something? Yeah. Where do you go from there? I think they're being smarter in the sense that, When we think about quarterback rooms, we think about how it was a year or two ago when everybody's sitting right on top of each other. Watching Hard Knocks. Yeah, from watching Hard Knocks, right? Watching film. Right now, I bet you they have those guys spaced out in those rooms. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I bet you everybody's not on top of each other. They're they're putting procedures in to to have it. Even though you're around each other, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to infect somebody. You know, I saw a study the other day that you're actually pretty safe on an airplane right now because they recycle the air so often. And especially if you go on one of the, the airlines that leaves the middle seat empty, apparently that is a huge difference in your likelihood of catching it is not sitting directly next to somebody. I know that seems obvious, but it's taken us a while to finally implement it and do that. So if they're in a quarterback room and they're not on top of each other and they're not sharing and touching all the same stuff you could see where one guy could have it and maybe one of the other guys doesn't catch it from him i saw a picture going around the internet uh this guy on a flight he has the row seat and he's he's basically like bubble boy he has one of those bubbles around him yeah, i saw that and he even has like the arms with the plastic so he can actually move his arms and i'm thinking that when i think of brady that's what he walks in wearing to the quarterback room <laughs> you Smart know man yeah brady i mean that's the last guy that you can you can have anything happen to imagine if someone like tom brady catches it it's hard to even imagine it is and for him he knows he's only got a year or two left so he's going to go out of his way to make sure he doesn't have that because he wants to cement his legacy he wants another championship now talking about brady or i guess the career path that he went on bill belichick connecting it to our astros and the cheating well we have to talk about it here he was asked about the cheating in the Bengals incident this week Man, is he ever going to talk about it? Why Why is it that the Patriots get such a pass? He just says, I want to stick to football. We're on to Cleveland. <laughs> That's all he's going to do. He's not going to say anything. You're on to Cleveland, but but you cheated against Cleveland. You know, you get caught against the Bengals. You know what I mean? Like, that. what's going on here? It, Belichick's smart, man. Deny it, deny it, deny it. It's that whole Eddie Murphy thing. Oh, that's not me. I got it on film. Oh, that's not me. You just keep saying, you just keep denying it and... The Patriots get a pass, and we've talked about this before quickly. The Patriots have won so much that people don't necessarily think that the cheating is why they won. They think they won because they had Brady and Belichick, whereas you look at the Astros, and they only have that one World Series. The reporter asked him, quote, with regards to the Bengals situation last year, how frustrating was it to lose a draft pick on something that didn't seem to have anything to do with the football staff? 
yeah, well, I think that obviously the league had a long investigation in that, but really we're just looking ahead, and we got a lot of things in front of us here, especially getting ready for the season. Yeah, he said nothing. He said nothing. We've got a lot to say. we got 45 minutes left on this show. We're going to talk about gambling when we get back. A little bit of live betting, and I'm going to give you that pick. you got to get it in here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. You can call us at that number, you can text us, or you can hit us on Twitter at Moneyline975, or you can find us on Twitch where we got about 20-some people hanging out right now, and they're, uh, they're engaging with us during the commercial breaks. I love the talk that we're having, and like I said, it's you get different perspectives from this online world. Some are saying, yeah, you know, it's good that, that Altuve did take the step back. Some say Altuve's pressing, the Astros' bats are choking, um, do you think the crowd, no, the no crowds is hurting Altuve? Is it a mental thing at this point? Whew. Maybe at home. I, I don't think it's helping him on the road because, you know, that they haven't faced what that's going to be on the road with all the booing yet. Also, our guy Chuck D says the, the A's are kind of surprising, but then they've had a lot of home games, someone else says, and, and we're about to really see who the A's are. It just sucks because baseball, man, it, it, it's, we're so accustomed to it being a long season that you break it down as such. You know, you can start off slow. Or the, right now, it's, it's accelerated. There is no time for that. An injury weighs heavily on you. Anything bad that you do, these, these extra inning games, they hurt. They really do because you see that, man, that's, that was a chance lost. Yeah, and they're not speeding up the game with these, this new rule for extra innings. That, God, I hate it already. Now, this is another question we have from the Twitch line. Do y'all think teams will cover for good players if they test positive? Let's say, you know, a, a week, 16, 15, must-win situation. One Thomas Brady comes down with COVID-19. What happens there? Or even say a player of less regard. Let's say because Brady might come out and say, and just to keep safe, let's just say a player, I don't even like to put COVID on anyone, you know. Just say X player comes out. He's a big part of the team, the starting running back. And then they're like, man, we, I don't know if we should say anything. We kind of need this guy. And don't get me wrong, there's <laughs> going to be legalities. Uh, there's got to be legalities of disclosing information publicly because at the end of the time, at the end of the day, he's going to have to line up. But how quick were a team, say, well, let's take about six of these tests before we let this go. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is false positive. You know, let's bring in another company. Whatever the case is. I don't trust it. You, you brought it up yourself. Concussions, and, and they're supposed to be honest about that. Do we trust the NFL on concussion? Do you see these guys wobble off the field yes. sometimes? <laughs> Do we trust team doctors? We saw the Warriors team doctor, right? Yeah. Do we trust these team doctors to make the best decision for the, the, the interests of that player or the rest of the league, or is it for that team and franchise? We see this even, you know, in movies, Varsity Blues, where he's like, take the spike, boy. And he's making him take the needle in the knee to get back there on the field when he's clearly hurt. Can he play? Yeah, but can he play? And, I mean, that happens all the way up through football. And why would it be any different with COVID? You would have to have some third party that, you know, would step in. And 
and assumingly that's how they're going to have it set up, but we know how these things go. I mean, people bury stuff all the time. That was a false positive they could yeah. say. They gave us three false positives, and they could throw that narrative on someone else. Now, we talked about that saliva test that's going to go down at $4. Man, life that we live in, competitors are going to come out. Right, because that's just the way it is. So then, that's another aspect I read of it. It's like when the competitors set it out. How? What does that do to the market? Does Does that change the way that other teams are going to say? You know, I'm using this off-brand one, or or however Mm -hmm. it is. It's just it's going to be a headache because we're one third into the season, twenty games into MLB season, and we have teams that are fifteen games behind. We're talking about just think about that double header, seven inning games, like. If that's where we're at 20 games in, then I don't even know what to think of football when that goes down, when three teams miss football in one day and, and then say say whatever happens and they played another team and then that team starts coming down with it. What the hell are they going to do? Just right off the, the AFC South, combine the AFC South and East, just, hey, you two are playing you two now. I, I don't know. I mean, it's really a concern. We talked about it last segment. Maybe they can tack some games on at the end of the season. But you're right. I mean, you'd have to be fluid with when your Super Bowl was going to be. You still got to give that time. The, you know, the, the, the build-up to Super Bowl is always at least two weeks. Yep. Right? So then that two weeks, now you're cutting time. Now you got to push maybe not exactly the draft back, but that's already all up in the air with college football not happening. What is going to happen? Now all of a sudden that draft happens. When do you bring back NFL with less time? It's just a headache, man. It is. I just... I think it'll start and it, it should go okay in the beginning, but I think, you know, around the middle of the year, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to go out, catch it, you know, expose a bunch of their teammates to the virus, and then a whole team will be wiped out, or at least, you know, maybe something like the Marlins where it's like 10 guys. But luckily, if that happens, you don't play for a full week. So, you know, that gives you a little more ramp up time, a little more runway. So. Ohio State and Iowa parents, and we're seeing this across certain schools, and I, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts of why do you think the parents are saying this. They're saying, man, this, they're pushing back against, for example, the Big Ten and them deciding to postpone the season, saying, no, my kids are going to play. And it's from a lot of the high-caliber players, the quarterbacks, uh, their, their dad, the dad said, hey, man, my, my son's playing football. We've gone through too much. This is his spot. How do you feel about that? I mean – I get it. I mean, we're going to see a bunch of guys transfer, you know, for the schools that they're pushing back the season. And it could. Yeah. I mean, like this could change a lot of stuff. So look, I don't blame them, man. You've been a lot, especially the guys that think they're draftable and, you know, and they're trying to, you know, put out game tape and try and make a career out of this. This is rough for them. Corey Teague, father of Ohio State's running back, Master Teague the third. That's the one that coming. That's a big name. That kid can play ball. He's coming out and saying it's unacceptable. You're setting my son back. Another mother on the team said, "There's no transparency. There's no communication." A week ago, they were telling us something else. Then all of a sudden, we hear the news from from the uh, news outlets, basically sports outlets, saying there's no season. How do we go back from this? And then they also say, you know, you're taking this as a whole as if Ohio State's the same as Tulane, you know, and, and it sounds bad. And she says, well, we're at different levels of the Rutgers and Maryland's of the world. I don't mean to sound pompous, but it's true. Our guys want to play. And it's true because those guys in Tulane, how many of those guys have aspirations of playing professional football and an actual shot at it as to on Ohio State? Man, a lot of those guys yeah. got a shot, and they need that extra film for our guys like Lance. I mean, imagine Lance's job right now, having to make decisions off of 
old old tape. Now his his room of margin of error, you got to give him more space, man, because he's having to take judgment on guys or or the guys that take that final jump, like Burrow, for example. Yeah, the guy that you think Burrow didn't have that last year, who would Joe Burrow be right now? No, that's a completely fair point. It's it's going to be tough for them. I I just hope at least you know the the big conferences play. We'll see what happens, man. It's there's there's so much uncertainty right now that that's that's what I worry about. That's why I'm glad it looks like pro I think is going to get it done because with college it's all about you know they don't want to be liable for one of these kids getting sick or having heart issues ten years down the line and that, that they're open to lawsuits and you know colleges don't want to deal with that. With the NFL they're getting paid, they're professionals. You know there's you know they're opting in. You know they have an option to opt out if they want. So it's the player's choice. So. I, that's why I think the professionals are going to get it done, and college is, is going to have an issue this year. It's their choice to play. It's my choice on what mask I'm going to wear, and I'm only going to wear the best mask out on the market. That's BoomerNaturals.com. Go there right now. You're going to use promo code Jerry, and this is what you're going to get. You're going to get the best mask on the market because it's three-layer, comfortable, and highly breathable, and that's what makes the most difference to me, man, because I have a problem, especially here in Houston in this heat. When you put it on, it's hard to breathe out there. You catch yourself pulling it down just for an extra little breath. It sucks if you're around someone. You can't even do that. It's it's uncomfortable. Get this mask. I'm telling you right now, they come in sizes for adults, teens, children, and they're in stock right now, ready to ship to you fast. I gave a little promo deal last week, man. I had 15 people probably buy them. They were sending me pictures like three days later saying, it's already here. It's already here. That quick and easy. And if you order $50 worth, you get free shipping. You can't beat that. Not only buy don't be greedy and get that, that best mask on the market for yourself only. Get it for the entire family. Go ahead and protect you and the entire family from those tiny droplets and particles that get in the air. And that's what that nano silver technology does. No one else on the market does that. Only Boomer Naturals. What you do is, though, you got to help your boy out here. You use promo code JERRY. That's how these free picks keep coming. That's how Josh is going to give you the free fantasy uh, picks, the, the, the mock drafts, all that. You use promo code Jerry and save 20%. That's promo code Jerry at BoomerNaturals.com. Warning, warning. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. Is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. 30 minutes left of the show before we leave you in the hands of your barbecue pit. And that wonderful steaks you probably have ready, marinating right now. Marinating in the bets I'm about to give you in this here segment. I've got a max bomb. And I'm going to drop it for you. we got a few games in Europa, one today, one tomorrow. Tomorrow's probably my, one of my favorite picks in a, in a few weeks, I believe. Uh, stick with me here. We're going to get to that pick in just a second, though. But we talked about the, uh, the parents of the Big Ten schools coming out of the big players and saying, hey, man, we want to play. Well, what about wives? And Demarcus Lawrence's wife came out this week, and she said this, and or he actually said this is the reason that that he's going to play, and that this is the person that made the decision. Um, she she basically told me there's no way possible that you know I can miss this season, so uh, you know we ha- we'll have to sacrifice, and 
do whatever we have to do, you know, in order to survive and um, strive and be a great family. So um, my wife is taking care of home. You know, I respect her so much. I know she's going to do a great job, and um, I just got to focus on football now. And when I'm able to get back home, I'll be there. Now, something that stuck out to me in this, I read a little bit into it, and she said basically, no, we have to play football. She said we She said we have to play football. There's no way that we are missing this season. Them bills be coming around real quick, those bills come around. And I think for a guy that makes due to make $16.9 million, they need that money. Yeah. She said, don't even get cute. Don't worry about us. We got you. If you don't want to come back for six or nine months, that's fine. We need those checks. Look, man, that's a lot of money on the line. And, I mean, you know, most Americans are are risking, you know, catching the virus to go to work every day. And if you think about it, I think you're safer playing for an NFL team. If, I don't know if you saw that Peter King a YouTube video where he took a tour of the Texans camp and everything. Man, you don't touch anything in the building. You know, everything just is motion sensors to get into all the stuff. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. They have everybody spaced out. All their meetings are on Zoom. I mean, the place is sanitized constantly. I mean, you're safer playing football than probably just, you know, living a normal life, just walking around. Let's jump into fantasy football, right? Something that's near and dear to all our hearts, all the money liners out there listening. Again, our, our uh, leagues are going to be open. Go ahead and reach out to us if you want to be included in the leagues. But that uh, that Ravens offense, let's call it, the MVP season that Lamar Jackson put together, do you think that he can put that together again. We're going to start right there with the AFC North. All right, let's do it. AFC North. Um, look, I I worry about drafting guys after a career year. You know, it almost always seems to let you down. You know, when they have that huge, huge year, they usually don't duplicate those numbers. And I, I wonder with Lamar Jackson if, if he can do it again. And that's why, like, as far as MVP, a lot of people are talking about him. But how's – he's going to have to way surpass what he did last year to win MVP again. And I think for fantasy, you got to count on him running. That's for sure. That that's where I'll, I just don't think he'll throw as many touchdowns this year. 36 pass touchdowns. That's why 3,100 yards and only six picks. That's what's crazy about it here, but 208 pass yards per game. So he didn't throw that much. And we saw a lot of the times it was small, like short throws. And then they were burned off to the house. Brown would do it. Like you said, I, I respect. I expect some kind of regression. There has to be, especially in the NFL, where we've seen that the running quarterback, defensive coordinators, they're. You think that they're not out there right now in this COVID world? They haven't been locked up thinking. There's no way I'm going to let that man run on me like that. Now, can you stop him? No, you can only hope to contain him, like they say. But I'm not sure if he throws up those same numbers. No, I don't think he's going to be quite there. That, that's a lot of touchdowns to to do again. So I, and where you have to draft him, I mean, you know, you're having to take these guys, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, second, third round. I don't want to take a quarterback that early. I just, I, I never do, and I don't think I'm going to do it this year. Especially after you paid what a ninth or you know, let's say a tenth, eleven, yeah, a tenth in one of my leagues. It, it just doesn't feel right paying that for him last season. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to go over you to get someone like Lamar Jackson or Mahomes. You're going to have to beat the wave of. Of the of those people of those of those type of fantasy players because you know every league has one. You're thinking right now, 
I know exactly who he is in my league. The guy that always goes out there and grabs that the the, the quarterback first or grabs that big tight end first. And then after that, when somebody grabs Kelsey, then Kittle's going right right after that because people read all these things and they know that the tears, the tear that jumps from the Kittle and the Kelsey's, that tear goes way down. The tears from Mahomes to that tear where where Jackson, Wilson, Watson, we talked about. Then what happens when that tear drops? And so the, it all, I guess, goes down to timing and how your draft has it. And that's what's going to happen here when Mahomes goes, then when does Jackson go? Well, I mean, I'm, I pulled up Fantasy Pro's ADP right here. And this is uh, for PPR scoring. They have Mahomes going 22 overall. So you're going to have to take him in the second round. Back into the second yeah. round, imagine that. And they got Jackson going at 25. So, you know, he'll be one of the very first picks of the third round. It just If you're having to take Mahomes in the back end of the second round, that first round pick, those first two, those picks got to be solid. Yes. Because by the time that you come back around, the you're going to be in those, I mean, who knows, sixth tier, fifth tier of running backs for sure. The running backs, the, the at least the, the, the lead running backs, the ones that, and there's not very many of those in the league, but the ones that are guaranteeing you, 18 touches, you know, those guys, those are pretty much going to be gone. They are, and we'll we'll do a, a little segment we like to call mock, my mock a little later, but what I learned from doing a couple mock drafts over the weekend, running backs dry up faster than I can remember ever. I mean, they, they really go fast because you want to get – I basically want to get a running back with my first round pick because it gets really ugly after that where, like, I even – I did a mock draft where I took Clyde Edwards Elaire at six overall. You know what I mean? Like six overall, I took him. I took him in front of Michael Thomas, in front of Devontae Adams, and that may end up being the wrong decision. But I don't want to be stuck with some of these, you know, lesser running backs. I don't want to have to count on Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson this year, you know, or James Conner, as much as I like him as maybe a value in the fourth round, because you know how good he is when he's healthy, but he's not healthy very much. So I don't want to have to count on those guys. And what's the the beautiful part is there are so many good receivers in the middle rounds. I and mean, that, it is loaded. That's the thing, man. Okay, you see, for example, the six pick. Let's say it's a 12-man league. So with that six pick, you know when it comes back to me, it's going to be 12-18, right? So around that 18 mark, who's going to be, a, who's going to be there that, that, that I can trust? So at that point, you're thinking – I can trust this rookie in that offense. I know that. And I know Damian Williams isn't there. I know that. I got to take my shot here. And say you are that guy. Say you are that guy that takes that shot. And then you're that guy that also wants to take a shot on the quarterback or on the tight end. Your your roster is lacking. It's going to have holes. It's going to have two, three good pieces. And then it's going to be like, ooh. It's funny you say that. I picked out of the number six spot. You want to hear my first few picks? Let's do it. Here's who was on the Let, board. Let's do the mock my mock right here. And for those that don't know, we do this. We uh, Josh does mock drafts leading into fantasy football, the start of it. And he drafts from a certain position. And then I ask him, what was available? Why'd you do that? And it gives you, an, uh, I guess, a view of whenever you do your draft, who's going to be available. So let's jump into that. This is mock my mock. Mock my mock. With Josh Jordan. All right, Jerry. So here's what we did. For this one particular draft, I did two. But this one I picked from the sixth spot. I wanted to see what would happen if I grabbed a running back in the middle of the first round. What would be there when it came back around. So next week I'll do one where I take a receiver here. So here's what we got. I took Clyde Edwards-Elair of the Chiefs. It looks like he's going to be the guy with Damian Williams uh, deciding not to play. So I take him with my first pick. And we know Kareem Hunt. You remember 
he was incredible his first year for the Chiefs when he was a rookie. So we've seen it before with the Chiefs. I take him there. And then guess who's waiting for me in the second round? And this is a PPR league. I get Joe Mixon in the second round right there. So I'm feeling pretty good about my running backs. I also could have gone for Josh Jacobs, who I really like. But in a PPR, Mixon catches more passes. So I went with Mixon. But I don't know if I'd do that every time. What type of running backs or or players were around when Mixon was around? I can tell you that. That was Josh Jacobs was one of those guys that was there. And then there was also a lot of receivers in that area. So when I was picking again, and this was at pick 19 is where I took Mixon. Uh, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and Aaron Jones all went off the board right in front of me. Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin were already gone too. So I would have had my choice of either Josh Jacobs, I could have taken Travis Kelsey, he went next, and then Mike Evans. So so that's who was there. And I was thinking about maybe Mike Evans, but because I know receiver is so deep, I felt like I'd be better off locking up my second running back and then waiting for the third round to attack that position. But guess what happened in the third round? When I was going to go receiver, right in front of me, Juju Smith-Schuster goes off the board. Adam Thielen off the board. Allen Robinson off the board. But guess who was still there? George Kittle. So I go ahead and grab an elite tight end at 30 overall. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I still haven't taken a wide receiver, keep in mind. But then the next round, I grab Calvin Ridley for my number one wide receiver. Feeling pretty good about that. Then I get Terry McLaurin with my next pick at wide receiver. So I'm, I'm liking that. And then I took a bunch of upside because I didn't love my receivers. I was like, they're good, not great. Then I take Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, and Julian Edelman. So out of that group of guys, I'm going to have some guys I feel good about to start every week. And then after that, I grabbed Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, pretty late. And I don't love Aaron Rodgers that much, but man, around round 10, you'll take Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I like, no, I like it overall. I like that your running backs can catch and, and run so they don't come off the field much. I like that your 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 receivers are big pieces of their offense. It's yes. not like you just took like a little piece and say, man, this is a, I'm just shooting for the stars. If Will Fuller healthy, we know what he can do. We've seen his 16 game sample if you put it together. I hate to be on pace guy, but he's a thousand yard receiver. He can get those double-digit touchdowns if he gets the 16-game sample. I'm not sure we see that, but you shoot up for upside there. You get your... There's not such thing as for sure in fantasy, but you get that, okay, these are my base and then these are my upside plays, and I like the way it played out. Yeah, because you have a floor guy with Edelman and a PPR, you know, so if Hollywood Brown doesn't deliver again, I think he could have a lot of upside this year, and you got Will Fuller. So you have a lot of guys, and you can see how it goes. Plus, I have an elite tight end. So... I'm feeling really good about that team. Got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I think I can win some games there. I'm feeling real good about this. Again, we're going to do it like last week. I'm going to whisper to you. Don't tell nobody any of these secrets because in Europa League, it's Shakhtar and it's Inter Milan. And I'm telling you right now that the net is going to have holes in it. That's how many goals are going to be scored. I don't think the net can withhold how many goals are going to hit the back of it. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to my bookie. You're going to use promo code radio and you're going to get started with these money line guys. They're going to get you going every single Sunday. But on this particular game, go to Europa. It's Inter Milan. It's Shakhtar. And there's going to be goals. So you're going to hit the over two and a half. You're going to put a kidney on that. And then you're going to put Inter Milan. And you're going to put a lung on that too. Over one and a half goals. I believe that Inter Milan's going to score probably three or four goals on their own. Shakhtar probably gets on the board as well with that roster they have. They have a bunch of Brazilian guys, man. That roster's young. They're underrated. But they're not enough to beat the great Inter Milan. You heard it here. 
after you use that promo code radio at mybookie.ag. Promo code radio. Go ahead, hit Inter Milan, Shakhtar, over two and a half. That's Money in the Bank here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, everybody. Let me take a minute here to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. We do it all the time. MyBookie is where we get all our action down. You get Jerry's picks, you go to MyBookie, you put it in, boom, you win some money. It's great, too. They have player props. So, you know, I'm a big fantasy football guy. That's where you can go. If you think a guy's going to have this many yards in a game, you can bet that at my bookie. It's a great way to to supplement your money a little bit and to to go along with fantasy football. That guy scores a touchdown for your fantasy team on a 70-yard bomb. Well, guess what? Maybe you had the over on his yardage total, too, and then you make some extra money right there. What's great about it, guys, is it's easy. You can pull it up on your laptop. You can do it on your phone. It is fantastic. With MyBookie, it's simple. You bet you win, they pay. They have over 150 different NBA bets to choose from. we got the Rockets getting started here on Tuesday. Jerry's got some thoughts on that series. We're going to talk about it from a gambling angle just a bit. All you got to do is go to MyBookie.ag. Don't forget about the UFC, MLB, golf, soccer. You can get action on all this stuff at MyBookie. They have thousands of lines and prop bets. Join today, guys, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. I mean... Where else are you going to get that? Is your normal bookie going to double your deposit? No way. Only at my bookie. The way to get that is to put in promo code radio. That's promo code radio. You bet. You win. They pay. Mybookie.ag. Promo code radio. Let's get right to the text line. We've got a few comments to get to. This guy says the answer for football is roster size. Have an A, B, and C team where they practice at different times, maybe even different places, 25, 25, 30. That way, if someone on Team B gets it, all the starters don't have to quarantine. If a team gets it, they still get it because Team B could step up. They could still play, which I like it. Basically, a team in phases. But what happens whenever you line up, you always hear the term ones against ones. You know what I mean? That's You won't be getting that if you're going to be splitting up the ones and the two. You know, it just Unless you're going to have the ones and ones. And when that outbreak happens, then all your ones go down. It's just there's so many options i guess that you could throw out there but it's all going to be trial and error until we actually live it it is and you know for you know guys for betting and for fantasy football you're going to want to wait closer to game time before you start making decisions on who you're going to be betting on and putting in your fantasy you know lineup and which is unfortunate right jerry because you usually get a better number early in the week but if you get that money in early in the week and somebody 
you know, test positive, that could greatly affect how you think that game's going to play out. So th- there's some downside to it as well. I would tell everybody for fantasy this year, make sure you're in a league where you can still add guys until his game starts. You know, there's some leagues where, like, after Friday, you can't pick anybody yeah, up. Roster you know, lock. Yeah, yeah, you can't have that. You need to have it until the guy's game starts. You can still make add drops. So if you're a commissioner, if you're playing in a league, make sure that's how they do it. It's going to make your life a lot easier. Also, another idea that you had um, a few shows back, maybe see about making it instead of the quarterback position, make it the quarterback for your team. For example, if you have Brady, now you owned all the Brady or the Buccaneers quarterback shares. So whatever, whoever quarterbacks for the Bucks, that's what points. Because last thing you want to do is have Brady or I hate to keep throwing the the, the juju on Brady. Yeah. So whoever on Dak, whoever it is, you hate to that go down. So just Dallas Cowboys quarterback, that should be your quarterback position. That's another thing. We, I asked you, you said that uh, your roster where you drafted out of the one spot, and we'll talk about that next week, you yeah. liked it better. Well, I this did. guy has a question. McCaffrey or Barkley? I feel like it should be McCaffrey, but I feel like Barkley's going to have a big year. I think Barkley's going to have a big year, too. You know, I think you're going to be really happy to have either one of these guys as your running backs, but... I mean, how can you go against McCaffrey right now, especially in a PPR? I mean, he's like having a a player and a half in your roster. I mean, he catches 100 balls every year, and he still does all the running back, you know, the normal stuff. The thing about McCaffrey is he's on the field all the time. I mean, the, the amount of snaps that he's on the field for is way above anybody else, so that gives you a better chance of him scoring fantasy production. But, look, if you like Saquon, I mean, I had him as my number one guy last year. He just got banged up, and, you know, that was unfortunate. But I'd go with McCaffrey. I don't see how you go against him right now. Let's get to basketball real quick before we get out of here. Thunder, Rockets, we talked about the odds. The odds dropped significantly after uh, the Westbrook injury announcement, the news. We don't know when he'll be back, if he'll be back during this series. I think he will. What does that do for a player of his caliber that uses athleticism and needs every bit of that? What do you feel going into the series? You know, they use him for rebounding, you know, for getting him into the paint. He relies on being explosive. I mean, that that's an issue. So they need to make sure that, that he's good to go. My biggest concern is don't bring him back too early to where he re-injures that thing and then you can't use him anymore. You know, be safe with him. But, you know, what are you going to do if they're down 0-2 or something like that? You know, they're probably going to force him to come back or he'll want to play. So... I don't like it, man, but I, I still think I like the Rockets, but not as much as I did before. What do you think? Uh, in, in games that Westbrook missed for the Rockets, the Rockets went 8-6 and six, straight up, 14 games. Now, between these two teams during the regular season, three games, and I don't like to put too much into them because one of them, they had injuries and whatnot, but either way, the Thunder were 2-1 and one straight up, 3-0 and oh against the spread. They covered every single one of those games. The only thing I, I go here is, is playing styles, and we know that to – Play the Rockets, you have to play a certain way. You, 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 they, they get you to run. How do you stop that? I look at teams that have the ability to, to, to speed up and slow down games. The, the Thunderman, they have a three-guard lineup that they run exceptionally well, and that's going to play into being able to play against the Rockets. When they run Alexander, um, uh, Schroeder, and Paul, when they run all three of them on, at the same time, that'll be able to compete with those, that Rockets lineup, and that's what I'm looking for here. I've, I look for, I'm going to bet, the Thunder early in that series. And then if Westbrook comes back, the numbers are going to give you a little bit of an edge because now they're going to figure, oh, hey, the Rockets got Westbrook back. And you might get a number. You could even probably bet the Rockets too and get a little middle number and make a little bit of change. No, that makes sense. And they may also be down Dort. 
the Thunder, so he's dealing with an issue, one of their guards. So he has a sprained knee. So Dort may not be playing. Maybe that helps balance it out a little bit for the Rockets. All right, guys, we're going to sign off. I, we really appreciate you joining us on a Sunday. Hopefully you're here every single Sunday because football is near. So like, we're going to do it like we do it every single Sunday. Signing off for the crew. It's Josh Jordan. It's Trey Camel, and it's Jerry Bonos. Peace. SPN 97 5